Excuse the recording quality of this. Uh, I'm just waiting for my daughter in the car and thought I would discuss something that popped up in the uh, MCGST WhatsApp group yesterday. It followed the previous podcast about um, trans people in the Olympics and the difference between men and women when it came to capabilities and their ability to compete. Um, it was interesting because one person popped up and said, I, I don't, I'm not particularly in favour of competition. And then another said that they felt that it was perfectly okay for people to take part and to enjoy the sport for what it is. And obviously, I agree with that. That that makes perfect sense. I think the problem is that it, it feels a bit like it would be going against um, the way we are today. Literally from, and it's interesting because the people are saying it, it if you, example, looked at the UK and the US, literally from the day we're born, we are bred to compete. We go to school and we get marked on the work we do. So naturally, you're compared to your peers in your class. We have sports days, although now there seems to be a lot of uh, taking part medals. Now, again, this is another divisive subject because people often complain about the fact that uh, children get medals just for turning up. And I remember once my son being in a uh, football competition and his team had a particularly bad day and I think they lost every match. And at the end, they were presented with medals and it was quite funny how literally every single child was almost more disgusted with the fact they were given medals for losing than uh, for the fact that, that they'd lost every match, which was disappointing enough. So I, th I think the issue for me is that when you talk about not competing and competing, sport is just one part of it in that, as I said, from the day we're born, we are marked at school on every piece of work we do. We then go on to take exams. We then go for interviews for jobs and so on and so on. And, and so it goes. It's, it's literally as much as um, if you're driving down the road, if you can get through some traffic lights, if you drive a little quicker than the person... Um, behind you who might have been distracted and thus they're still stuck at the red light. Life is, to a point, competitive. And I think certainly in schools there's a very good argument that you need to teach children to compete. I think the problem is when we do uh, the, the outward competition, such as a sports day, you have children competing in sports, be it running, be it throwing the javelin or, or whatever else they're doing. We don't tend to have children competing in certain other things, maybe non-sporting activities. We don't tend to do that publicly. You do have people being picked for the school plays. 
usually because um, the child's parents are, are quite well known to the school. But that's another matter. It it just strikes me that it was it was the first time I'd heard someone actually say that they don't necessarily like competition. And I suppose maybe that's an example of just how inbred it is in me that life is a competition almost every minute of every day. But what's interesting is if I really think about it and consider that if there was no competition and we lived in this kind of future Star Trek world where largely there was peace and people just accepted each other and and, and as a standard way of living, we didn't consider competing and beating other people, then it sounds like a utopia. It actually makes an awful lot of sense. Um, I, I, I read the comment first and I thought, well, that's ridiculous. But then I started to think about it and, and realised that there is something deeper there. There's something that makes all the sense in the world. And that if you took it to an extreme, you could say that competition is the root of all of the problems we have today, whether it's competing between countries to see who gets the most vaccines, thus leaving the poorer countries with no vaccines, whether it's our politicians. Um, in the political world, you've, you've got to be pretty hard, you've got to be pretty tough and nasty and, and get down and dirty with other people. So thus you become that person and then you become the wrong kind of political leader. So it's, it is, and, and it's interesting as well that competition almost comes along, it sits, it sits beside toughness. You've got to be tough to put in the hours to get to the Olympics. You've got to be tough to get promoted at a company. You've got to potentially walk over other people. Literally everything to do with competition is about beating another person one way or another, which means that that other person obviously has been beaten and feels feels that sense of loss. So, yeah, I, it, it, it did hit me quite... Um, it did make me think, it will never happen. We will never... We will never get to a point where we don't have competition. And I, like most other people around the world, uh, do very much enjoy watching elite-level sport. It's that feeling when your country or your football team wins a very important match. It's, it's hard to replicate. And it's interesting how, during the pandemic... One of the first things uh, many governments wanted to get back was elite sport because it's so important to people. The vast majority of us can't... We, we can't compete at elite level. We will play football and enjoy it. We will play tennis and all sorts of sports. And to me, I can't imagine when I was younger playing tennis and not wanting to win. That's what makes you want to take up sport in the first place. It's what 
makes you want to improve and keep playing. It's why people, even if you're competing against yourself, like Joanne, she will run and she's very proud when she does her fastest 10k or her fastest half marathon. So she's competing against herself. And so so that's in our nature. It doesn't have to be beating other people. And I think if you had no competition, you know, I'm thinking about this as I go along because I'm sat in a car at the moment. And I think if you had no competition, potentially you wouldn't look to improve yourself as an individual. You wouldn't maybe have that natural inclination to get fitter. So even though some people might say uh, competition can be a bad thing, and of course it can, I think without it being in our culture, so many good things would be lost as well. And I think that is that natural desire to improve yourself and to... Um, just compete in the world. The fact is, we are all different. We all have different levels of intellect. We all have different levels of physical capability. And it's a reality that some people will do extremely well in certain things, and thus they receive the rewards for that. I don't think as human beings, the fact that we are all built completely differently, I think the natural, the inevitable consequence of that will be competition. And I I do understand what the guys are saying when they say that they may not like competition. But I think if you took it away... Whilst we could see this utopia I was talking about a few minutes ago, I think you could also maybe end up with some serious negative consequences of that, which would take away what it means to be human in the first place. It's a really interesting topic, and it certainly needs a lot more than just me rambling while sat in a car. But it's something I'm going to think about and actually maybe I won't think about it because the subject feels far too big to even contemplate if competition is a good thing or a bad thing. Thank you for listening. Bye. I had a chat with your mother about um, the Olympics and the uh, lady who transitioned from a man and competed in the female weightlifting. And we started off by saying how unfair it is and you kind of agree with that don't you is it on a broad point yeah that it's unfair to the other female athletes yes we then got to the end and would you agree the lady who's transitioned laurel she feels she's a woman to her she is a woman in every way hence why she's had to go through the process of transitioning which must be let's be honest pretty difficult yeah pretty horrendous thing to do yeah 
if she wasn't allowed to compete, the Olympic Committee is effectively saying to her, you're not a woman. And if you had another section for trans people, it would be the same thing. And it was really odd because we suddenly thought, wow, this lady has now got an organisation. If she's an athlete, actually saying to her, you are not what you believe yourself to be. Yeah, but the key word there is believe yourself to be. Oh, oh. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not saying that. You know, it is the thing of you know she is a woman and she's transitioned into being a woman and she feels that way and she wants to identify that way. And in any sort of free society, of course, she should be able to. But the fact is, in terms of sporting sports, there are clear biological advantages you get for being a man especially for I think 30 years in her case very true so you get the weight you get the weight the size difference it might not be just in weightlifting it's other sports as well if you have a man who's transitioned who is six foot five played basketball his whole life or probably even until the six foot seven and they transition and they go into the women's basketball league they'd be dominated by their height reach the ability to just dominate everyone else yeah, so, I, and, and, and we did discuss that. And, and we said, I think my analogy was that the, for example, the top five 5,000 100 metre runners in the world are probably men. And if the 4,998th man transitioned, he's got a gold medal. Yeah. And so so that's, that's an example. But how do that specific issue of Laurel... When I say believing she's a woman, that's wrong because as far as she's concerned, she is a woman. She just happened to be born into a scientific man's body. Now, my thoughts are, whilst you have sports that are split between men and women, you're never, ever, ever going to get around this issue because the sports are split between two genders. Yeah. And then we're talking about trans people actually competing within that. It's never going to work, is it? Yeah, and I don't think the the solution long term definitely is not to just say because you're trans you can't compete. That's not a viable solution and that's not a fair solution. So what is the solution? The problem you have now is you have, I don't know what the, the exact trans numbers are, but it's extremely, extremely small. We're talking, you know less than one percent it's probably even less than maybe even half a percent of people who identify as trans and who actually go through transitions and yeah. stuff like that so it's such a small minority so while you have 99.5 percent of the population being split into men and women there's only so much you can do in terms of the wider sporting community and the, the other tricky thing as well is that this doesn't affect male sports in any way shape or form if you're a woman who's transitioning into a man doesn't affect the top men in any way, shape, or form. This is no, only, no, of this course is only, not. This is only, only works issue. one way. This is only an issue that could potentially affect female sports. So, and obviously, different sports will have different outcomes. So, in terms of say basketball, that could be something where the physical changes you gain as a man growing up are going to be extremely prevalent and are going to give you a huge advantage. Perhaps something like weightlifting or other sports maybe running or there'll be certain sports where the differences are not as profound apparently um because of the testosterone drop apparently long distance swimming 
remarkably. Yeah. yeah, so there will be other sports where the where the when you once you've gone through I think it's a year of the testosterone treatment that the Olympics requires, um it is quite it's gonna be quite tricky to say whether it's fair or not, but then there are situations where it could get dangerous. Fighting, for example. If you've grown up twenty years as a man and you transition into a woman, it's not just your height, it's not just your testosterone, it's not just your, your power. Explosive power. It's the width of your shoulders, it's your smaller hips, it's your longer reach. And that's where it could get quite dangerous. There's a theme, there's an MMA fighter who's trans called I think it's Fallon Fox, and she fractured a woman's skull in the in the octagon. So there are situations where it can get quite dangerous. And there is no doubt that just saying that because your testosterone levels are a certain level does not make it fair. Even one of the Olympic Committee um, said that the current uh, way they use to measure it is not adequate. But I think it probably, as I say, it's, it's such a difficult thing. It's almost like, I don't know, it's, it's, it's a hard thing to... This will sound awful, actually. But as someone who doesn't really have any experience of gender issues like this it almost feels like to me like the rights of a trans athlete are being magnified far too much to the point that it affects the entirety of sport elite sport potentially i mean that's the thing that's what i said at the start i mean obviously she identifies as a woman and for all intents and purposes she is a woman but when I said at the start about you know the fact is that she believes what I'm saying there is that yes she identifies that no one denies that but you can't deny the fact that she was born a male and has those physical advantages so just because you say you have those physical advantages it doesn't take away from how they feel and how they identify and the respect that they should receive except but it doesn't that it mean... does take away the fact that they cannot then they she actually cannot compete in elite sport she she cannot compete in elite sport but what i'm saying is it's not not i know it's horrible but it's not mean and it's not transphobic to effectively say this woman has been a man in the past and has retained some physical advantages that is not that is not transphobic in any way i think your mum said about the how fair trans transgender athletes competing in women's sports is however it doesn't mean that there's not a solution to this. There could be, potentially, as you go forward, a balance between maybe in different sports, take different approaches, the different um, different treatments you have to go through, how long you have to be on testosterone for. doesn't mean that there's not a solution in the future. It doesn't mean that we shouldn't look for a solution. But, or may potentially even a transgender games as the population yeah. of trans people starts to increase, if it does. However, what you don't do is just destroy women's sports. Exactly. Because to kind of appease this kind of idea that, you know, just to show that you're not transphobic, you don't just destroy women's sports. Because I think your mum made the point that it's, um, in some ways, it's not that much different than taking drugs you shouldn't take. Of course not. To, and, uh, and that is banned. Okay, that's quite a good place to leave that because we did we ended up speaking about it for half an hour what was interesting is following that and i've spoken about this i I recorded a really quick podcast while i was waiting in the car for alice 
today about this because someone on the website WhatsApp group said, I don't believe in competition at all. I'd rather collaborate than compete. Um, they then said life, uh, someone else said, life throws enough competition at us without us engaging in it even more. Sports are great, but you can play for fun or you can play to compete. People often get stuck in the compete extreme, but hey-ho, human nature. Then that was followed by, look at the ill will that comes from competition. We call it healthy competition, but pride, boasting, cheating, scheming, distrust, paranoia, mind games, etc. I don't see much good in it. We can drive each other to new heights in better, more constructive ways. Now, I then... The thing I recorded in the car, it dawned on me that whilst that's a lovely utopia where you don't have competition, it dawned on me that literally everything we do from the day we're born is competition. Yeah. Whether you're marked at school on a, no, no matter what it is, job interviews, no matter what job you end up, we are all different. We all excel at some things and we're all poor at other things. So we find our place in the world and you only do that through competition and that taking it away let's just say you had a way for taking competition away yeah you don't know like that Ricky Gervais film where no one lied yeah I think that could be very destructive because without competition I likened it for your mum when she does her fastest 10k or half marathon she's really chuffed but she's only competing with herself yeah but that's there. It's built in. Well, yeah. I mean, if you don't like intense competition, you don't you don't become an athlete and you don't go to the Olympics. If you say life throws enough competition for you and you think, I don't believe in competition, well, somebody else might, and these athletes clearly do, so they've gone into the Olympics. Now, if you take competition away, competi- you might as well say that you are not allowed to be an individual. At the point you take, take away, air quotes, competition, at that point you are saying... You have forfeited your right to make any decision for yourself and you are no longer an individual because you cannot compete because we will not allow you to. What? So what you might as well go and do is you might as well go back to the Soviet Union and live in a complete communist utopia where everyone speaks the same, everyone thinks the same, everyone does the same. So that is such a dangerous well, even idea, to be honest. It's interesting, actually, because jokingly, um, the next comment was, listening now... You're becoming a communist. Dangerous thoughts, smiley. So it was interesting because they, they are aware of that. Yeah. And, and and you're right that it could go too far. It would. It, it would be but, so but dangerous. But it then went on about the, the, the Star Trek future where you don't have money and to a point everyone is working together. Which logically, which in, in an ideal world, it, it must seem bizarre if you stepped outside the world and looked at our world and said, why is that country always arguing with that one? Why are they? Why have they got everything? Why have they got nothing? They're all on one little planet. It's ridiculous. Yeah, it is. But what you the problem you have is that you have... The, whole, the reason it's called a utopia is because it's exactly that. It's a utopia. It's not possible. The way humans are wired and human nature... It's why communism has never worked. Because you always have these people in the higher-up parties who effectively fall back into these things of competing with each other and trying to get the most power and what you notice with all these with a lot of socialist and communist dictatorships is they're no better than any you know wealth um capitalism wealth wealth gap in the west yeah because what you have is you have the people who lead it have everything and the people who don't 
the, the good thing they're all equal but they're all equal in having absolutely nothing you know, look at Venezuela true. for example look at the extreme <laughs> poverty that comes out they're all equal that's in a being good point exactly poor and the reason that you have you know you do have countries that argue and stuff but what you do have is you have the whole of Europe granted you've got the whole Brexit thing but in a very broad Brexit scheme, I'm not aware of that I don't, I don't think I've mentioned you, it in a broad scheme you've got the whole of Europe UK you've got the States Canada they all have this kind of general while it's different and while there's lots of differences they have this general western ideology which is founded on you are an individual yes yeah. some some countries are a bit more left-wing some are a bit more right-wing but the whole the basis of it is you are an individual you have your human rights and you have the ability to make your own decisions and you can live your life how you want and that's the that is the foundation of living in what's called you know a quote-unquote free country now, you can go really in-depth and say about how America's not free in certain places and how the UK does things wrong. But as a general rule, if you live in the States or the UK or anywhere in Europe, you are top 10% of wealth. You are some of the freest in the world. You are extremely privileged to live in that position. So that's where you kind of have the, the argument. So if you were to look at it from like a worldview, you effectively have all of these countries who have kind of a shared ideology then you have certain Middle East countries who have a shared ideology about how they should do things and they get along. Then you have kind of maybe Russia and China have kind of shared ideologies, how they get along. So you kind of have these competing ideologies where you have these kind of where you have allies that kind of always have kind of the same values or similar values. So they might argue in how they do things, but the fact is is that Europe and the States have a particular shared value of you are an individual that you live your life how you wish to and that is rooted unfortunately in capitalism and, and competition is, and competition and while i'm not saying that you should have capitalism without regulation or anything like that because you will end up with people who just leave everyone else behind but that general idea that you are free and you can do what you want is unfortunately rooted in capitalism and rooted in competition which is the main element of capitalism and the best things we have in the world at the moment are because of competition your iphone your mac the things that make your life so much easier today are rooted in this idea of competition between companies to make the cheapest products to make the best products and then they make the best product but someone else has made a good product so they've got to make a better product that's even cheaper than their competitor well, and unfortunately and that competition overall it does drive down prices and it makes the quality of Obviously, I'm speaking very generally here, but as a general rule, it drives down prices and it makes the um, product better. And that's why in the West we enjoy so many of the best things we do today. Yeah, I, I do agree. I'm not sure like the best things we have in the world being a physical object, but I know what you're saying. No, but I, I do get what you're saying. It's interesting, though, when you talk, when you mention the best things I have in the world, if I think about myself... It's you, Alice, and your mum. Yeah. And that's no competition whatsoever. There, there's literally, it's the opposite of competition. For me and your mum, you know, we give you everything you want. Yeah. And it's interesting how that's the most fulfilling. But then it's, but then it's not, is it? Because when the whole point of people finding who they want to be with for the rest of their life is all based in competition. Well, when it, you meet it people who... Oh, true, actually. But yeah, so when, yeah, you were in still a way, young, I probably In a way, I suppose, in a strange kind of way... You're competing with others to find the best person you could or you want to spend the rest of your life with. I had to, yeah. Yeah. So, but <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, true. that's what I mean, though. So it's, it's kind everything of based is on everything. Obviously, the best things in the world are not your products, they're your family, and obviously, people have different values and stuff. Yeah. I was simply talking about how I know, it I, makes I, your I, life I, more I, free. But it's still rooted in 
competition. And the great fact is, is that you get to choose who you're with in this country. That's and true. Countries. And if you are, if you are, if the fact is, is that I'm not going to pretend like it's completely level playing field if you're gay or you're straight or you're transgender. I'm not going to pretend that there's not work to be done in certain areas. Middle but, class, working class. Yeah, and but the fact is, if you're middle class, if you're working class, you're upper class, you're gay, you're transgender, you're lesbian, mm-hmm. you're straight, whatever, you can choose who you want to be with and you can make that decision for yourself and you do not have the government telling you that you are not allowed to be with a certain person. I'm not saying that it's completely level playing field in all aspects in terms of other things, but as a general founding principle of Western countries, which you don't see in other countries, you are allowed to be with who you want to be, if you want to. That's true. It's ironic when you talk about how we are individuals and we're in in cultures and structures where... Um, you can literally be whatever you want to be. Whilst you could argue, we're seeing more and more in the UK that the people with the power, the people who were born into elitism, are actually taking away from normal people, in quotes, and that in America, that situation's possibly even worse with regard to getting into the best schools, universities, etc. It's very much structured. It, it seems quite difficult to move out of your lane. Yeah, but I'd say that's getting better. I mean, you, progress doesn't happen overnight. The fact is now that it may seem like it's worse because we're more aware of it. If you look at America, if you look at the affirmative action programmes they've had over the last, what, 20 years or so, yeah, you're not telling me that that hasn't helped people from the poorest backgrounds get into better universities and work their way up fact is that realistically 40 years ago there is more opportunity for a working class child now than there was we're just more of course, we're just true. more aware of it now than we were 40 years ago so i'm not saying that there's not still a problem but there's always going to be certain inequities and inequalities and at what point do you step in and take over people's lives so you're going to have a situation where yes the most powerful people get the best schools and get the best education and but what you want there is you want a quality of opportunity as best as you can get it because if you're wealthy you for example me and you well you are wealthier than quite a few other people in this country you're not wealthy but you're not yeah yeah, you're going to be much better positioned than many other in this country now what you have done is you've given me the best opportunities you can while someone else might not give the best opportunities they can to their child yeah to someone else it might seem like you have engaged in a kind of sort of elitism even though we're not mega wealthy so what i'm saying is if you the the ideal goal for me or what i'd like what you really want is to get the best equality of opportunity you can you want kids from all backgrounds to get the best education they possibly can and i'm not saying we're there at all but you get the kids to get the best education you can up until they leave school at 18 they go to university there are student loans there there are arguments about how much just student loans are and if they're overpriced or not but you have student loans there so that the poorest can go to university and pay back their loans in the future so that option is there so what you have what you want is as much equality as opportunity as possible and then once you get past 18 once you start going into universities going to your careers then you don't want to force you don't want to force equality you want you want inequality within your population because it's natural it's natural that some are going to thrive in other areas and some aren't going to do as well or some are going to pursue other you know, areas. If you start saying, 
I want, we want you know complete equality in terms of wealth. Well, then you're taking choice away from people. Some people choose to... There's a reason that people, bankers, who are earning £120,000 in their first year in London are working 90 hours a week. Some people don't want to do that. Some people are quite happy to work a nine-to-five job in an office and earn £40,000 a week and go home to their family and enjoy their life. And it's also the case... People have different priorities. It's also the case, isn't it, that some people who aren't that well-off will send their children to private school because they will sacrifice everything to do it, whereas someone else might have a 60-inch television. Yeah. And that might sound an extreme, but it's true. It's not... I guess it's not always uh, complete elitism with it. But it's... Would it be awful to say, and, and, and I get it, it comes back actually to the competition thing. Is it awful to say, and I heard someone say this once and I thought it was a bit strange, but I guess there's logic. Someone said, some people are born to be road sweepers. Some people are born to collect your bins. Other people are born to do very high powered, very expensive, you know, very yeah. well paid jobs. Other people will be excellent musicians, etc. And it's whilst you're right, whilst you could sit there and talk about equality for all, the reality is, I guess that a big percentage of the people in whatever field they're in, probably that is what they their limit. That sounds awful, but is I it mean, true? Yeah, possibly. I mean, you, there's there's definitely situations where you've got people who would far reach their potential who are stuck in a job because of circumstance and, you know, they've had bad circumstances and unfortunately they've ended up in a job maybe that they shouldn't be in. Yeah. And there are certainly people who, you know, while they are lovely people and they work a nine-to-five office job, would not be able to cope with the stresses of working in a bank in London. Mm-hmm. But there are certain people also who work in a bank in London who would just wouldn't be able to do any other job because they're not wired that way. So, of course, there's people who are born maybe to do better jobs and maybe to do other jobs and but what you want is you don't want to you don't want the government or anyone else saying well no we don't like this we're going to level the playing field and well i don't know how they'd even do that but we're going to level the playing field and we want people earning similar amounts and we're going to get people working in what you want is you want a society where everyone's had the same opportunity and and then it comes out in the wash basically yes they have the same opportunities and then or as close as you could possibly get i'm not going to pretend like we live in a. We, we're ever going to live in a sort of society where it's all going to be perfect, but you because want to... we've got a lot of people, haven't we, that are in positions way above their level, just by dint by dint of where they were born. Yeah. You know, but I'm not going to mention Boris Johnson in this episode. Um, but but, but you have got people who are way, actually his entire cabinet. Yeah. So so that actually would show, and the problem is because they're so in focus because so much of the media is focusing on them. Yeah. It can give the lie that we have, we do live in a country where really inept people, often quite inept. Yeah. Well, Liz Trust is in charge of getting us trade deals. We've got one with Australia since Brexit. So, so, so that's the problem. It can make you feel like you live in a country where it isn't equal for all. No, and it's not, but politics has never been about getting the best people. It's been about getting who's popular. And that's always been the case. You know, it's not yeah. necessarily about... And the fact is, is that, you know, whether you like him or hate him, he did win a general election. Maybe he was he was put there maybe by a circumstance and the way he was, but his personality 
effectively won him that general election. Yeah, absolutely. And that's his doing. That wasn't given it. It wasn't given to him by some higher power. His personality won that election. Now I don't like Boris, and I didn't vote for him. However, he's won that election. I'm not saying that we live in a perfect society. I'm not saying it doesn't help to be wealthy and to have connections, and to and that will be here and that will be here for a long time. And like I said, change doesn't just happen overnight. But what you, the solution to that is to get better opportunities for people who are working class and who haven't had those opportunities and haven't had those connections to get a great education when they're young and to be encouraged to work and be encouraged to make the most of their education. So when they get to doing their A-levels or their GCSEs and they've done the best that they can, that they can go to the best universities if they deserve it. If you get to that situation, the solution is to do that. It's not just to say, you're wealthy, you've got connections, we're now going to handicap you or we're going to... We're yeah, going to destroy true. your chances because other people haven't got the same way. It's, it's, you don't do it that way. It's, it's, bringing ev- it's bringing everyone up, I suppose, to yeah. or, or opening things up rather than knocking people down. The Which is what's happened over the past 100 yeah, yeah, yeah. years. If you true. look at poverty rates in That's Western countries true. over the last, what, 120 years, I'm not saying poverty rates are not good and we still have food banks and everything. And they've got worse, But yeah. the poverty rates have been lifted over the last 100 years through Western society a ridiculous, a ridiculous amount. There's so many less people in poverty now than there were a hundred years ago. Fewer, fewer. <laughs> yeah. The only thing I would say though is, is it okay? Yeah, it's interesting actually on that, and the poverty rates have actually gone up the last ten years. Yeah. Because of you know who, but what's interesting as well is the sheer hypocrisy of it, because as we've seen today, I, I'm waiting for someone to have an interview. Now, I would use connections. Yeah. To help you. Yeah. And so would your mum. Yeah. So, so we would all do it. You all do it for your own family members. So I suppose in a way, it, it is quite... Yeah, there's a, an element of hypocrisy there. And should you really think that the state or anyone else should come in and tell you that you're not allowed to help your own child? Well... That's such an overreach. It's just not... It's not only it's not fair, it's tyrannical in nature to come, for the state to come in and say, well, if you've got a friend who works in um, an accountancy firm and you're child wants to do wants to pursue a career in finance you should be able to help them out if you want to you should be able to go to that friend and say look i've got my child wants to do this could see that's you, interesting though isn't it should you be if if that friend owned the accountancy firm for example should the state stop you doing that no 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 okay but, but it's interesting how you sort of moved forward there to the ownership and yeah, I get that. The guy who was trying to do our door, the double glazing guy, he's got his two kids working for him now. Yeah. And I fully understand that. The problem is, haven't we been through that though, where that goes too far? I remember stories of if you wanted to work in Harrods in the summer and you're like 18 years old, 19 years old, you or me couldn't have done it. It's only certain people. So it then becomes this old boys club, this elitist closed club. Yeah. And okay, again, it was worse in the past, but it's still there, still very much alive. I do agree with you, the theory that the government should not be able to come in and just say no on anything, let alone just that. But the the fact it happens. So for example, here's your £200,000 job hypothetically at the age of 20 yeah because this person knows that person how can that ever be and yeah that does work to a certain extent i mean 
and then the general attitude is changing of that anyway so you do have a general attitude of changing of you know we are going to not just get people who have come from Oxford or come from very you know good backgrounds get the right people however what it can be well it probably is quite beneficial for companies to actually employ who they think is the best just because instead of, of it, it actually is beneficial for companies in the long run to employ people who they think are the best yeah. whether they're from whether they're poor or they're rich or whatever their race or anything surely that's beneficial for companies to do that instead of applying instead of employing their friend's son absolutely and what you will see is that in that that sort of you know well that might help get them in However, will it doesn't mean that they're going to succeed indefinitely. You know, just because your That's father's true. a doctor and you've, you know, gone into the profession, it doesn't mean that as you progress throughout your career, that person who went to a state school isn't going to progress much further because they're a better doctor. 20 dead patients later. Yeah, I mean... Well, you, yeah. it could happen. But you know, you know what I mean. I, 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 I do know About what how I mean. the natural a thing of, like, competition, we all want to go back to it, where the people who are better... As a general, I'm not saying this always happens. I'm not talking about a perfect society, but the people who are better at their jobs or are more suited to that role will eventually kind of rise past those who have just used a connection to get their foot in the door. Yeah, and I think it goes back to, to sum up, the fact that we are all completely different means that there will always have to be competition one way or another and I find it interesting that like you and Alice personality wise are completely different me and my brother are Joe and her sister are yeah. so you, you know regardless of who your parents are to a point you're completely individual from the day you're born yeah totally totally different people I would say well, you know, me and my brother, you'd say we're totally opposite. Yeah. You and Alice, in many ways, you are completely opposite. You literally are mirror images of each other in that the things you're good at, she's not. The things she's good at, you're not. Yeah. It's quite amazing. Yeah. And, yeah, I, and, and you're right. So the careers you will do eventually will probably be very different. Yeah. And, and that's the thing. It's just, it's, if you take away, you can't just... People say, I don't like competition. Well, don't compete in the Olympics. You know, it's just, it is unfortunately, or not even, I'm not even, I don't even know why I'm using the word unfortunately. It is there and it can be a good thing. And, and, you know, competition does bring out the best in people. And it does often help people to get to their full potential. And there are a lot of good elements of competition. And competition is the reason that we are all individuals and we all, we all want to do things differently. And we all we all completely different to one another, and competition is just a part of life. And to try and I don't even know how you would go about it, but to try and even meddle with that or take away competition, if you like, is a utopia. And it's not. It's completely. It's not realistic. It's not. It's not realistic, and also it's unethical. Because I was thinking while in while we've had all the lockdowns and while I've been working from home. The fact I still do exercise every day is, in a way, um, just having to live. If I go out, I don't want to look really fat. Yeah. If I go to work, I and it is that. So it's there. I, maybe if you didn't have competition, you wouldn't have any pride. Okay. You wouldn't have. 
if, as I say, go back to that Ricky Gervais film where lying was taken away, if you had no competition, it wouldn't matter if I was 50 stone yeah. or if I was 14 stone. It, it just wouldn't... Competition is there in every way. It's a motivator as well. And you can't... The only thing you could do, I suppose, would be to stop competition. I, I mentioned in the one where I was sat in the car talking about this subject that I remember you having a football tournament where that particular day your team had a nightmare and you lost every match and you got your little medals for taking part at the end. Yeah. You were all so pissed off with that, weren't yeah, you? Yeah, but you all still know you lost. And it's, you know, there's, you can still soften the blow of losing if you're an eight-year-old to, to an eight-year-old child. Well, I don't think it worked for you lot, though, did it? You were yeah, quite annoyed. However, yeah, the competition, it's a, it's a natural thing. It's always, it's always going to be there. You know, you naturally, you're naturally going to compete with people. So, what? How do you feel? Final thing. How do you feel then about some schools saying, "Oh, we don't have winners and losers now," because I read something the other day. Someone made a very good point. They said it's funny how we have sports days for running, throwing, whatever. My daughter happens to love art above everything else, and the sports days always really bring her down. Why aren't we having competitions for that? No, but they do exist. It, they are, Art competitions do exist. If, yeah, if no, I get that. But, 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 or if you want to compete in a spelling bee, or if you want to compete in a math competition, especially as you get into secondary school, they do exist. They're there. And they're still based into competition. You can't just close off competition into sports. So how do you feel then about sports days where they don't have winners and losers and everyone gets something taken well, part? Yeah, I mean, you know, people take... The message that, you know taking part as a good thing it's not a bad one especially if you're a child but to say you shouldn't have winners and losers is a bit silly you wouldn't go to a spelling bee or a maths competition arts may be a bit more subjective than say yeah. we don't have winners and losers well you do because there's clearly a right or wrong way to spell a word or there's clearly a right or wrong answer in a maths competition just as there's clearly someone who's faster and clearly someone who's slower the fact is, is that when that child wins that race which he will everyone knows he's won it's almost like it's kind of a weird, like dystopian thing of we don't have winners and losers, but everyone knows that we've that he's won, or she's won. Good point. Everyone Good knows point. she's won that race. Everyone knows she's the fastest. The teachers know, the students know, the parents knows. But we have to do this kind of almost, almost weird facade that you'd see in like <laughs> that you'd expect to see in something in nineteen eighty four. Like everyone knows it's happening, but we all have to say that it's not. It's so a bit everyone, like everyone still knows that they've won. Everyone still knows that that woman, that that girl or that boy has won that race. It's a bit like when we had to have that meal outside of that pub about six months ago. Yeah. When we came to see you, and as you say, they were like, oh, "Sorry, I can't take the cutlery off the tray. You need to take it off yourself because of COVID." Well, who the hell put it on the tray? Yeah. It was theatre, wasn't it? And yeah, it's like when you see all those Americans um, who are like, "Oh, I'm double vaccinated and I still wear a mask outside and all this stuff," and it's all like. They don't do it because they're actually trying to help people. It's all just, I want to look good and I want to. I want this facade of I'm doing the right thing. It's like the thing with the school. We want this facade, we're doing the right thing. But everyone knows that you don't need to do that. Everyone knows that that child has won the race. Everyone knows that, you know, whatever it is, whatever it is you're doing. Wearing... Everyone knows you need to wear a mask, even if you're double vaccinated, but we're not going to get outside that subject. Out, outside walking in a park. Everyone knows okay, that it makes no difference. Silly, yeah. But I'm just, I'm, I'm not... <clears throat> trying to start a covid thing here but i'm just saying it's that's a similar thing everyone has this kind of you see it kind of more these days it's all kind of we're all gonna we all know it's there but we're not going to talk about it because it we're meant to be trying to look good it's really odd yeah i mean i guess to be fair to the pub they're doing it for 
customer service and to make people feel safe yeah. and for some people it probably works yes so i get that and yeah you're right we're not even going to go near covid because you and me vehemently disagree on certain aspects of it yeah because you don't think covid's real do you oh yeah of course not yeah oh, i'm joking everyone um <laughs> but yeah that's interesting I, that's a very good point yeah we're not going to have winners or losers but everyone knows they've won or lost yeah everyone so it's just it's a pointless exercise i think what happens maybe is people think well there's one winner and everyone else is a loser and thus you've got one person who's happy and another seven people who are unhappy well if that's the case and that's how you feel don't have the sports day yeah and in I, the first place you can't and what's going to happen you can't have something you can't you can't put something on that you don't really agree with and then try and cover up, as you just said. Yeah. You're covering up what you perceive to be the bad And what's going to happen bits. 10 years down the line when they get into adulthood? And, you know, unfortunately, there are people who are very lucky. And, you know, some people are very clever. Yeah, yeah, And yeah. they're noticeably clever. And everyone knows it. And they're, but you, you know, and, and they, they, everyone will notice that. But some people are very good looking. And they do very well, you know, with women or whatever, or with men. And they are the kind of best looking people there. And everyone knows that they're best looking better than everyone else. Some people are very athletically gifted. Everyone knows it. And some people are a bit more lucky. Some people are unlucky. Other people have certain strengths. Some people have certain weaknesses. And they all get exposed as soon as you get into adulthood. And everyone knows it's there. And trying to say that it's not there, not only doesn't work, but it's quite dangerous in a way. That's a brilliant point. That's such a good point. You know, it's just, it's, it's it unfeasible. And it is dangerous, yeah. It's that kind of... It's know. almost a reluctance to... It's almost a reluctance to prepare children for the fact that life is hard. Yeah. Life is hard every day, no matter who you are. Yeah. No matter how much money you end up with. You know, you, you see it all the time, don't you? You see mega stars people with billions they're just as unhappy and just as happy as the rest of yeah, us of course it makes no difference so you're right if anything we're going to the point where we're just not preparing kids it, for the future it's that thing of prioritizing the i don't want to say ideology but prioritizing the kind of ideology the facade of we're nice over reality and that is so dangerous because that's what every you know awful regime has done throughout history they prioritize the ideology over the reality you know this is happening because we're telling you this is happening and everyone knows it's not happening but we all got to pretend like it is happening and it's such a weird com- weird thing that people just seem to go along with yeah that's yeah that's really that 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 is almost i suppose to take it back round to the start it's almost masking the fact that there is natural competition in the world, yeah, and we don't want you to to we don't want you to be competitive, because you might upset someone else. But you know, other people are just going to destroy you. Yeah, it's like it's like, it's like the, you know whoever said that on your group chat about competition. It's like some people like competition, some people some people don't. It's just if you want if you want to be in that kind of realm and you love the element is i'm talking more in sports so you love the element of competing against others then go for it and if you don't like the environment then maybe that's not for you and maybe you should go into something else coaching or, or whatever as you can there's other other options you know yeah and competition can be very addictive yeah look look at times we've we've just watched bournemouth you know they might win a match and yeah. it's like wow when they got to the premier league yeah 
amazing feeling. I remember winning football matches at school and it's it's an amazing feeling. It's yeah. really, it is euphoria almost. And I would argue as well, it's unavoidable. It's natural. While, you know, people say, you know, in the Olympics and stuff, but in general life, it's unavoidable because of human nature. So it's unavoidable. Why are we trying to avoid it? Yeah, I'd, I'd, I made the point in the previous one. I was like saying it's, it's even down to the level of if you drive a bit quicker, you might get through that traffic light. Yeah. Oh, quick. And, yeah, and the other person dawdling level. along. Yeah, it's, it, it can it can it extends to your career if you're better than someone else. If you're competing for someone for a promotion, yeah, it yeah, extends yeah. to sports. It extends to people fighting over who they'd want to, you know, men fighting over women or women fighting over men. Yeah, yeah, Look yeah. at Love Island, for example, the perfect example of everyone competing to get with who they would want to be with. I wouldn't know, Tom. I don't watch it. But it's, it's, it's a perfect example of how it's in every facet facet of your life. Every single element of your life is infused in some way with some form of competition if you're going to interact with anyone. Yeah, and I suppose if you didn't have competition, yeah, I, 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 when I ended the last podcast, I, I, I made the point that it's too big a subject to even contemplate, and it really is too big a subject to even just think about, let alone. But I suppose the more you think about it, the more you realise that it is there. You wouldn't sell clothes that weren't all the same you wouldn't sell nice watches nice jewelry brands um the nicer phones computer literally every a bigger house a nicer car yeah literally the entire you're not just talking about muting competition or dulling it to even get rid of competition you'd have to basically make us into stepford people who yeah and, and it's impossible. Yeah, the only reason you have any nice watches or any nice phones is because the only reason you have anything nice in a material sense is because of com- it's because of competition. The only reason anyone ever made anything nice was because there was an incentive there. You know, the incentive That's is true. you're competing against someone else, and if you don't compete, then you will lose your business. So the only reason anyone's got anything nice or that the phones or our technology is as good as it is today is because of competing. The only reason the Americans went to the moon was because they were competing against the Russians. Okay, so if you think really hard, and the final point, your Rolex date just yeah. on your wrist. Yeah. You bought half of it, we bought half for your 21st. Why have you got that watch? So you're right. When you talk about competition, of it, if you think really hard, and I know it's almost impossible yeah. to do, why do you wear that watch? There's lots of reasons. I mean, part of it probably is because it's a Rolex and it's kind of stuck in your head that that's a nice watch yeah. and that you like the watch. Part of it is also because I do really like it and it fits me well. Do you plus like the that fact, watch? Plus the fact that it won't lose value. Is another of course. Reason. So, or it's unlikely to. So there are other factors. But yeah, most of, probably a lot of the reason is because I possibly do like it without even realising because it's a Rolex. And because other people yeah. say it's a nice watch. Because yeah. if Rolex, for example was completely out of fashion. Yeah. And they were like the level of, I don't know, Tissot. Yeah. You wouldn't think about it the same way. No. So again, it's it all feeds in, doesn't it, into that thing about brands and competition and... Yeah, and, that, and that, that exactly, that's the same with, with everything. It is almost a little bit of a facade as well, but competition in the end, if you look at like modern Rolex or certain other brands, it is 
competition is there and it does produce the best products. Apple and iPhones are the perfect, perfect idea of, or Amazon, for example, of how companies have competed to produce the best product on iPhone. How Amazon has competed and have now got a situation where you can buy things on Amazon much cheaper and you can get it within a day and it's a great service because everyone uses it. Most people, a lot of people would disagree with you about the iPhone, but I, I know what you're saying. But yeah. Yeah, but maybe Rolex is the perfect example of competition. You go and buy one today for £7,500. I saw one the other day on eBay, it had gone for eighteen and a half. Yeah, that was insane. And, and that's insane. That's competition. Yeah. Partly it's just to do with people going, oh, it's worth that much. But if someone's paying full market value yeah. for a watch you can't get in a shop, oh, that to me is the ultimate pounds, yeah. in misguided competition possibly but yeah potentially but nothing nothing's perfect is it you know otherwise it would be a bit of a boring life well that's the other thing as and that's what i was thinking if you don't have competition arguably what do you have nothing you actually you're right you have nothing no no competition no personality no individuality possibly you wouldn't be human yeah and the world wouldn't go anywhere we would never move forward. We'd be stuck. That's a good way to end it. Thank you for your time, Tom. It's all right. Thank you. Thanks for listening, everyone. Goodbye.